The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. I always find the bright side of every situation. And so for a bright side, it's for people with disabilities and for them to say, yes, you were diagnosed with this, but you can still do this and to help them continue to live out their dreams. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Today on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast, I welcome a celebrity to the show. Donia Baines is the recipient of the 2020 Volunteer Inspiration Award. You all know how this show takes inspiration to a whole new level, so you guys know that I'm excited to speak with her. She's the founder of Brightside 365, and it has been 15 years since her diagnosis. I'm really excited to chat it up today with Jania. Hi, hon. How are you? Not a celebrity, but hello. I'm so glad to be here. This is fun. I, I love talking about MS and sharing fun stuff. You have done so many great things for our community, and I'm so appreciative, and I know other people are thriving as a result of the work that you do with them. So let's start at the beginning. Well, who knows when it began, but with your diagnosis story. Yeah, so 2004, I used to work at Kinko's, and Kinko's, I think that was probably one of my favorite jobs, and I was walking, I don't, I'm going to tell my age, I'm 42, and back, you know, when I was younger, there was a V8 commercial where the person was walking sideways, and they're like, you need a V8? When they drink the V8, they start walking straight, and so I went to my doctor, and I'm like, I'm walking like I feel like I'm walking sideways and you know he made me have me do a walking test and all kind of other little tests and he's like I don't I don't see anything and there was I did an MRI and there was a doctor that it wasn't my primary care doctor but it was a doctor from the hospital and he's like I don't see anything wrong with you so when I told him that my dad was diagnosed with MS he's like ha like that's what it is and I was like I just told you. So it's not that, you know, my symptoms went away. And then two years later, my body went numb from my chest down. And my mom, and at the time I was living in Atlanta and my mom, she's like, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, for what? Like there, I just felt like the emergency room is not going to be able to answer anything because it wasn't, you know, like, oh, you cut yourself or you got shot, you know, nothing like that. Right. So they referred me to a neurologist and so the neurologist had me do all these tests like as far as i'm sorry all these mris where it was like brain spine here here contrast no contrast all that i think i was probably in there for like three hours and went to the results and he's like well it's consistent with ms and that was i was 26. so the first time i started having ms symptoms was 24 and the diagnosis 26. 
you mentioned that V8 commercial. I so remember that. And so I can see what you're talking about. Really, really good analogy. I wish we could just drink some juice and walk up straight up. That would be amazing. I'd be drinking that juice. <laughs> so tell me about your dad. You said he was diagnosed before you. Yeah, so actually my dad started having symptoms of MS in the mid-90s. And so like 93, actually not actually 93 and the doctors you know said to him like mm, this kind of sounds like ms but you know it went away he didn't pay attention my dad is a musician and so he was touring he was you know doing stuff and you know that's why i love music so much like i grew up you know sitting at the top of the stairs listening to the band rehearse and like, i know all kind of songs where it's like how the heck do you know that song? It's like, well, it's what my dad did. He was, so he was still, you know, performing with people. And with my dad, when he would go on stage, he, like his balance, he started kind of going off a little bit and all that. So probably in 90, I graduated from high school in 1997. I remember at my high school graduation, he had a cane to walk on the grass and so I watched him you know in my senior year going from a cane and then he had the uh, walker but he didn't get diagnosed officially until he moved back to Pittsburgh because I'm from Pittsburgh and the, a doctor diagnosed him with MS in 2000 and so he probably should have been diagnosed in like 95 94 you know somewhere around there but he it, it was just like no like I don't know what that is I'm a musician I'm touring I'm playing and he played the saxophone and sing songwrite all that you know and so yeah it was interesting seeing my dad like I, I just talked about this the other day my dad I live in California my dad moved to Pittsburgh and so I hadn't seen him and so he has primary he was diagnosed with primary progressive MS so it was very quick you know cane walker wheelchair scooter you know power chair bedridden you know type of thing and so when I first went to go not first but when I one of the trips of me going to see my dad he came to the door and he was in a wheelchair and tears just started falling out of my eyes it wasn't like I was like they just dropped kept dropping and thank god my grandmother lived downstairs because I was able to go down um, to where she was and pull myself together because I could not stop crying. Because it's like, oh my gosh, this stupid disease just did this to my dad. And I was used to seeing him up and playing. And, you know, we used to play basketball with my dad and, you know, just different stuff. And so it's like, crap. And so I pull it together. And, but yeah, that is my dad. And I, I'm actually his caregiver now. So that's that's interesting because he's in Pittsburgh I'm in California three hours I live in two time zones so when somebody tells me 530 I I automatically think 230 so that is you know what's going on uh, with my dad and uh, you know what we do and it, it could be you know it's heartbreaking you know to see certain things and you want to I want to make sure that I still talk to my dad about his performances people that he's worked with you know just uh, different things like that so yeah. it's important to keep celebrating all his accomplishments too right it's to keep his morale up and I it must be and maybe not but it might be challenging to be his caretaker knowing that you have MS too and that you may progress to that someday. 
What's your mentality there? Well, one thing for me is MS is a snowflake disease, you know, and I do know that there were times, you know, when I was first diagnosed, people were saying, how long till the wheelchair? Because they see my dad, you know, and I'm like, that's not how it works. You know, I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting, you know, there's advances in medication, but yeah, I just, I had to make sure that I didn't get caught up in what I saw and, but also doing what I needed to do, you know, so that I don't, you know, just let myself slide into a wheelchair or, you know, whatever it may be. So I, I think it's important for people to know, period, that MS is different. Don't, like I tell people, don't Google, you know, when you're diagnosed, don't Google it, you know, because you are going to send yourself off of a cliff. You are going to say, like, I'm going to die tomorrow or, you know, whatever it may be. And that's not, you know, how it works. It's kind of like the, the women with the Facebook wall and they're like, I unfriend you. And they're like, that's not how this works. And it's like, that, that's how I feel about MS. Like, that's not how it works. So... There's not a, you know, oh, what stage are you in? It's like, there's no such thing as what stage are you in? Because you can have an episode today and nothing ever again in your life, ever, you know? So I, yeah, I, I just, like, I've always been okay, you know, and not worried that I'm going to be a certain way because of MS. Is there a certain self-care regimen that you use to keep this positive mindset going? Yeah, well, so me, I guess my self-care is my relationship with Christ. That is extremely important to me. I joke because I used to not want to go to church. You know, I was like, when I was a kid, my we didn't go to church like that. And so when my mom and dad decided to go to church, I was like, every Sunday morning, I'm like, I'm sick. I can't, you know, I can't go I can't, you know, but then when they got home, I'm ready to go play outside. And there was one Sunday, my mom was like, if you don't go to church, you can't play outside. And I was like, darn, all right, I'll go to church. And so there was, you know, I like to read. The time I had like books lined up, there was a series called The Box Boxcar Children. I've read the Judy Bloom books and, you know, stuff like that. And so there was a book in the seat in front of me so i'm like let me read this book and so of course you want to look at the table of contents and the table of contents i saw job j-o-b and i'm like we need a job because we always want stuff and can't get it can't afford it so let me find out how to make money you know and so not knowing that i'm reading the book of job in the bible and you know job went through a lot like God said, it like allowed him to go through those things. Like, hey, have you tried making things hard for this guy? You know, have you done this? And then, you know, Job goes through all this stuff and then God restores him in the end. And I think that's been the foundation of who I am. I'm dealing with MS. I, I know that God sees me. I know that he wasn't bored. Like, let me give this girl something to deal with. And so I'm grateful for my diagnosis because I'm able to help people. And I just see like the bright side of this diagnosis. Like, okay, you get to help people. You get to do this. You get to, you know, talk with you. Just different things like that. So it's like, I'm grateful for the diagnosis, but it is my relationship with God that keeps me going, you know, and, and keeps me encouraged to know this isn't because for the heck of it. It's just not. So that is the foundation of who I am. 
You mentioned also being grateful. Um, talk to us about what you feel is your greatest accomplishment thus far on this journey. Yeah, so for me, the greatest is the MS Youngsters. The MS Youngsters, they are, so I'll give you the background. So I got asked, uh, I think it was in 2017, to lead a, a support group or to take over a support group for people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s that were diagnosed with MS. And so I started taking, I took over that group for them because they were doing amazing things. And so I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And so probably one of the first, first or second times, there was a, a young guy and he hates it when I tell this story. I hope he's listening because it's, he hates it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. But yeah, he came into the group. And he was a freshman in high school. Now, mind you, let me just back up a quick second, because when I was first diagnosed with MS, I only saw older people, people that were, you know, like having children, grandchildren, ready to retire. And I'm like, I'm 26, not trying to retire, don't have any kids, you know, not married, no children. And so that's how I felt for him. I almost said his name. <laughs> but for him, it was like, you're putting me in a room with these older people, you know, because we're you know, talking about stuff, California, you know, stuff is legal here. And so we're talking about that. And so I was like, okay, after the group was over, I went to his mom. I feel like we're corrupting your son, you know, by him <laughs> being in this group. And so there was nowhere else for them to go. Like teenagers, you know, younger people diagnosed with MS, like there was no support group. I started a support group, you know, for them. And it, it started off as 17 and under the next person that came they graduated so now they're 18 i'm like well i can't kick you out of the group and so it turned ms youngsters turned into a group for high school and college students and i have become their ms mama they call me their ms mama and they're my babies and i'm like very protective of them and it's like i'm single i don't have any kids and so they are my kids you know and you know even with bright side starting that i want to pay for school for them like i don't want them to be stressed about trying to pay for school really it's whatever uh, path they decide to go so i'm not saying you better go to college it's like well what trade do you want you know what what is it that you want to do and so they are my biggest like i love them you know they are wonderful and it's like the group started out here in uh, downey california and now it's an international group i was going to ask you if it's open to anyone we could recommend it to people yeah, and so it is actually high school, college students, like traditional college age, not 52, or which I think is great. You know, you go to college at that age. It started in California, went to Arizona, uh, went to Pennsylvania, Illinois, Utah. Then it jumped over to the UK and uh, Canada. Someone in Sweden talked with someone in um, the Netherlands. So. It's just all over and we meet online once a month. And so anyone that's younger and then some of them have transitioned to uh, YPG, which is a group that's right now because of the pandemic, the groups are online, you know, and I think like, well, for MS Youngsters, it's always been online because everybody's always been everywhere. But with um, YPG, it is now online because of the pandemic and you know and so now i am glad you know that we're able to do that and then the ms youngsters transition into that group you know and can because now they have a little more adult issues and 
Yeah. So, but that is my greatest. You know, if being diagnosed was for them only, I'll take it all day, every day. Yes, absolutely, right? Because don't you feel like you're giving back to them and it's it's filling you up just as much as it's filling them up? You mentioned the Bright Side 365. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that is? Bright Side, it is, for me, I always find the bright side of every situation. You know, what, diagnosed with MS? Oh, because you're diagnosed, you can do this. Like, oh, your car broke down? Well, that probably prevented you from doing this and da 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 you know, anything. I just always look for it. And so for Brightside, it's for people with disabilities and for them to say, yes, you were diagnosed with this, but you can still do this. And so for, and to help them continue to live out their dreams. So let's say you wanted to be a chef, you know, well, let's figure out like, yeah, you may not be, be a chef in the traditional way you wanted to, but you can do this. And to, you know, get different people to come in and go, okay, let me teach you how to do a knife. You know, like I, I was some years ago, I, the MS Society used to have a program called Optimal Living and it, they partnered with U, USC, University of Southern California, and you, they would put you with an occupational therapist and a physical therapist. I didn't know what an occupational therapist was when I first did the class, but you know, now I know they, you know, help you live life and you know, alter things. And so one of the things um, that they did was we did a cooking class and they brought out this knife and it looks like a saw and I'm like nobody wants to use that like what in the world but it was like my favorite and I'm like okay where where do I buy this because that would be great like it is it looks like you're about to do damage to something but it's just <laughs> yeah. perfect yeah so I, I I loved it but yeah, it's, that's what Brightside does. Is it helps you, you know, look at the bright side of your diagnosis and not, you know, not look at your diagnosis as a death sentence, but as an opportunity, you know, to keep going. So I like that. Yeah, let's look at this as an opportunity. What brings you the most joy? Outside of MS youngsters, I think it's just meeting people. I love meeting people. Like in high school, I was voted friendliest, like in so my friends joke, they're like, you've never met a stranger. I'm like, no, I just, I love people. And so being able to talk with people about MS and, you know, help giving them more hope and this, you know, especially with the youngsters, I love that I can say, hey, like life is not over, you know, and to be able to bring people in that have been diagnosed with MS as a teenager. And now like one of them I brought in, she just graduated from USC. So it's like you can still accomplish stuff and so that that is like helping people diagnose with ms brings me and actually not just ms with anything any sickness or anything like that like i just i'm like all right come on we're gonna do this you're gonna you know you, you have to keep living and all that so that just brings me so much joy it really does. Yeah, it sounds like that you are stomping on those limiting beliefs that we can have when we get diagnosed. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, you shouldn't be in the heat. You shouldn't. Why not push yourself a little bit more and test those limits? Because I don't want to hold myself back and you are stomping on all of that. I totally agree with you. Like push the limit, but know your limit and just, you know, so last year, Several of them, several of them were seniors in high school. And I, well, even actually before that, you know, they, they were in, this was the beginning of their senior year when life was normal. 
And so, of course, it's football season and they want to go to football games and all of that. And I'm like, all right, how long is a football game? Okay. It's whether it's two hours, three hours, whatever. Do you want to see the kickoff and be with your friends or do you want to go from halftime and hang out after? You know, so it's like I just, you know, help them like manage when you want to do something. So, if you're like, I want to hang out afterwards, great. Get there at the beginning of the third quarter, during the third quarter, whatever it may be. And that way you you, like, you can go home and take a nap, get ready, whatever. You know, and then that way you can go hang out with your friends afterwards. And it's not, you're not faking being okay and not about to fall out. So, you know, it's just making little, little changes like that is so helpful with MS. I like what you're saying, and it kind of leads us into another story. If anyone listening knows me at all, they know I'm an enormous Patriots fan. So I love football. I'm originally from New England. Never done this show if I've known. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I knew I was going to get you with this. No, this is terrible. We, we, can we cut? It was like, oh, no. Steelers fan from Pittsburgh. Oh, Yes, so I'm in love with Tom Brady. He came down here to Tampa. You know, I live in Orlando just to win us a Super Bowl down here. And so when I found out that you were a Steelers fan, not that we're in the same division, but traditionally they're two really good teams. So when we meet each other, we both are like going to win. So tell me about your story. Okay, so I was born in Pittsburgh. And so I was there up until 88, but the Steelers players used to come to our house. You know, it's like so many different like things. Uh, We went to the camp, but I remember being at the Steelers camp and as they were coming off the field, I was standing there with a hat and they were each signing the hat and they're like, hold on to this hat because it's going to be worth money and all this. And I don't know where the hat is. Like I, I was, I was eight. Seven, 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 eight years old. Okay. So I don't know. We moved across the country and all this stuff. But my parents used to always go to the games. I was too young, you know, to go to the games. And but like my world was Steelers, you know. And so it's not. I'm not one of those fans where it's like, oh, they won. I like them. It's like no, no, no. Like I, I am a real fan. Like they, you know, some of them are like uncles to me and, you know, all that. And so I moved to Georgia. Actually, we were living in California. But when we moved here, like, Raiders and the Rams just left the city. Like, so there's no football, you know. And so I'm in Atlanta. Never went to a game there. But it was 2016. There was a, my family reunion was going on. And then... You know, a couple of weeks after the family reunion, there was a Steelers game and my birthday. And so I'm like, that would be perfect to go to my first NFL game in Pittsburgh, you know, at the home. Although it's a preseason game, I'll take it. And that just, it was terrible, you know, from the moment that I got on the property. Because I always, always, always look up the accessible parking. You know, let me find out where the accessible parking is. What do I have to do? you know, all these different things. And so I did that. And when we pulled up, I'm like, okay, how do you get to the accessible parking? Or where's the accessible parking? And you tell me it's around the city, you know, and it's like, what the heck? And I see, you know, spaces. So I'm trying to figure out how to get to those. But you tell me the parking is around the city. So I'm like, 
well, maybe they, you know, paid in advance for it, but I didn't see that online or whatever. And so it was just, you know, instant, incident after incident just kept happening, happening to the point by the time we got into the stadium, although we were early, it was like the end of the second quarter. And then when the game was over, uh, and there's like a bunch of stuff that happened, you know, in between. But when the game was over, the person told me like, oh, like, do you want to watch the fireworks or do you want to go? And I was like, oh, I'll watch the fireworks. And the game was over no later than 10:15, And my cousin and I did not get back to the car. Like nobody came with a wheelchair. I posted on my Instagram page an empty stadium because that was how it looked by the time they came and brought me a wheelchair and it was I mean it was just like what happened and it it was just a big smack in the face to you your physical condition has changed because of MS and so while these people can walk a few blocks to get back to their car you can't do that you know type of thing and we wound up having to because it took them about an hour or so to bring a wheelchair for me and the stadium was empty, which is in the picture. The transportation that we used to get to the stadium stopped running. And so we had to call Uber. And I actually, I just looked at the receipt from Uber because I kept it because it showed that 1120 something is when I got in the Uber and then drove us a few blocks to get to the car. And so I didn't get in my car until like 11 26 27 and it was just so disappointing where it's like oh and there's so many different things other things happen I, I write the entire story in the book I'm working on but it, it was just it was like gosh like thanks for making me feel like I have a disability and thanks for ruining my first NFL game and because I am like a hardcore NFL fan like I teach women football like I, I put together a whole class so that they know this is this is what the quarterback does. This is what first and ten means. This is what second and twenty means. This is you know, I go through the whole class and then we watch you know, a game and I'm like I'll pause it. I'm like explain to me what happened. I'm so much a football fan that people call me on a Sunday like Are you watching the game? Like Are you Are you okay? Or you know Can we? Because they know you know. And, and if it's if it's the Steelers playing, like just. Don't call my phone. Or or I'll go, it's a game that doesn't matter, like a crappy Patriots game or something. Oh, no. <laughs> you know you're watching those. Forget it. No, but I, I will say that I do. Tom Brady, he is a good quarterback. I do give him that. Like, even the whole Atlanta Super Bowl, the whole time people are like, oh, I was like, Tom Brady, guys. Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, you can't count him out. Like, I don't care if you're up by 100. It's like, Tom Brady. So I, I I acknowledge that he is a good um, quarterback. I won't call him. I'll just acknowledge that he's a good uh, quarterback. It was just very disappointing with the Steelers. And I was just like, dang it. I don't cry. You know, MS has made me cry a little bit more because I, I'm sorry, not MS, but it's just I've become a little more sensitive, you know, to things where I'm just like, oh, it's so beautiful. I used to pray to cry because I wouldn't cry. And it was you know, stern face. I'm like, eh, I've cried enough, you know. So it was just, it sucked. Like the whole experience. Like I think maybe the funniest thing, or the easiest thing, I'll say, is walking. Finally, being allowed to walk into the stadium, and the guy that was right there had a wheelchair, and he took care of me, and 
he even with the tickets were given i was gonna buy tickets but my cousin um, told me like i got you tickets for um your birthday you know it's a birthday gift and but the gentleman saw where my seats were and he's like that's not gonna work for you so he took me um to a counter to switch out my tickets for accessible seating that was the best thing you know in that whole evening was him switching out my accessible tickets and looking out for me in that way because i was just like i don't know how i'm gonna get down there to those seats and crawl over those people but you know gonna do it and then you have to remember you like for me one of my symptoms or you know things from ms is i'm having to go to the bathroom all the time and urgency and mm -hmm. all that so i'm like how is that gonna work that i have to climb over these people climb up the stairs get to the bathroom wait in line all that so with that accessible seat that he helped me switch my tickets for i was right there by the bathroom you know and although people you know the the part that sucks about ms too sometimes is that it's invisible so ms doesn't mean you're in a wheelchair or you have a walker although i use a, a rollator now but at the time it was just a cane you know so it was so it's, if you're just looking at me and you don't see the cane you think i'm faking so you know we got question about why we're sitting where we're sitting you know so it's just you know different little things like that so i was just like oh so that is my only nfl experience you know and i hate that that was you know my first experience and you know at hometown and because i was so excited you know it was like i'm in pittsburgh and i get to go to my first game in pittsburgh and i think that was probably one of my holding out of not going to other games because i wanted to see you know the steelers and all that but yeah so that that was my nfl experience that was extremely disappointing well we can do a do-over at gillette stadium if you'd like <laughs> i'm like i'm good i'm good yeah i'm like no we we have sofi out here right now i have had really good experiences in stadiums but like example i went to a dodgers game and they do a really good job with accessibility and they literally came to the car they drive you to it they take you to your seat everything was just perfect you know with accessibility hey i almost forgot tell me about that big huge award behind you what is that so i learned at the beginning of this year that they had 11 people were selected to receive the national ms society 2020 volunteer inspiration award and i was one of 11 and i learned recently that there were over 180 people nominated wow wow and i was like neat but yeah, I was, I was so, I still am honored to receive that because I don't, I don't do what I do for recognition. I don't, you know, go, okay, pick me, look at what I'm doing. This is, if I could just secretly do everything, I would, but I, I really appreciate that award. And it was funny because I was having a really, really, really bad week. And that Saturday we were having the MS Youngsters meeting and they surprised me with this huge bouquet of flowers. One of them, one of the parents, because of course we're in a pandemic, we can't get together, but we were in the, in the group because we meet through Zoom. And all of a sudden, the president from the Southern California chapter appeared, and I'm like, did I forget something? And then somebody else came on, and I was like, what is happening? But 
it was just the timing was perfect and for them to give me that award and you know the beautiful flowers and all that and I, I, I literally I just cried I'm like you guys have no idea how bad this week has been like it was rough y'all and you know just and just really encouraging them like sometimes you know and I I have a quote right here that says when you're in your lane there's no traffic and and so and it's a Ava DuVernay said that so I my theme is stay in your lane do what you're supposed to do don't worry about what other people are doing and so and that was what I told them with the MS youngsters like don't worry about what somebody else is doing and all that like stay in your lane you know and so and it's true like when you're doing what you're supposed to do there's no traffic there's nobody to stop you it's like no I'm doing what I'm supposed to do people may try but it's like nope that that's it so you know everything and just them surprising me when they did it was just perfect you know and I was just like man 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 okay God like but yeah I just yeah love them love you know just everything going on I always say it's a privilege to be diagnosed with MS you know because I'm able to talk to people that on a normal day I could not talk to you know or normal circumstances you've had such wonderful experiences with these kids and fellow MSers that um, like I said it moves you just as much as it's helping them and so it brings a big smile to your face and yeah that was just perfect timing all fitting in the way it was supposed to be because every I didn't used to believe this but I truly do that things happen for a reason and we just got to follow our path and I guess stay in our lane tell the listeners please where they can find you and also support you all of my social media is Dania Marie. My Instagram is public. My Facebook is private, but send me a request. I normally, you know, will add it, especially if I see MS. I am still developing some things with Brightside, but the best way to really contact me and say I want to help is through Instagram. And I'm actually, which I didn't talk about, this year marks 15 years that I was diagnosed with MS and every year I celebrate, you know, being diagnosed with MS and there are people are like, do I say congratulations or like, what do I do? And so um, because I received the award for this year, I, I was going to do an event this year, but it got moved. It is a virtual party and you literally, you create an avatar. And I, I love it because it's a platform where people with disabilities that have had difficulty walking or anything like that can do that again. They can dance, they can go to seminars, and so there's going to be a panel of doctors. It's going to be the MS youngsters there. At one point, there's going to be performances. It'll be a expo hall where you can walk around, you know, and see people. It's more so people can give a dollar or $10,000, but I just want them to be able to come because I know what it feels like to want to go to an event and not have the money, not be able to afford the event. And it's like, man, I really wanted to you know, go to this, but because of finances, can't go. So I don't want that to be anybody's reason for not attending. I've had such a great conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. And I forgive you for your team. <laughs> and I yours. <laughs> thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. 
If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving. Thriving.